Come on, man. What the heck? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. You can't just be halfway glad. You can't be partway glad. He says to be exceedingly glad. And you know what? He gave me a word this morning. Well, earlier this week, I was like, okay, praise the Lord. You know, that's praise the Lord. And it wasn't until we got in here this morning. Well, actually, I don't need to know why he gave it to me. All I know I need to do is just be obedient to what it is that he said. So uh, good morning. Good morning and welcome to Ignite. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. We will be exceedingly glad. You guys got an extra hour of sleep and it still seems like somebody got to put some jumper cables on you jokers this morning. What the world? Come on, man. God has been too good. God has been too good. I'm going to share this word with you. We're going to jump right in because we have a lot to cover today in the name of Jesus. On behalf of uh, Minister Jew and myself and all Ignite Depot Nation, we want to welcome you to Kingdom encounter alive. Every time you uh, join us, you will have an encounter with the kingdom of God. I'm going to share this word with you this morning, and then we're going to make our declaration. We're going to jump right in, in Jesus name. The word of the Lord came to me earlier this week, and this is what he said. He says, you are as close to God as you want to be. You're gleaning as much from God's word as you want to get. He says, there's no limit on what amount of God you can receive, but it's not something that can just fall on you like ripe cherries falling off of a tree. He says, you've replaced gold with bronze and it will never satisfy you. What is bronze? Bronze is going through the motions, but not having a heart for what you're doing. So on the outside, it looks like gold. But beyond the surface, it's just bronze metal. And when it's tried by fire, the fire will burn quicker than it, it took time to put the gold on in the first place. He told me to share this. He says, worship, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle, not something that you do on Sundays before the message. That can, be, that can be a performance based in emotions, not having an encounter with God. He says, are you interested in going deeper? He says, if you're interested in going deeper, make a decision to get into a true relationship with me where you're focused simply on me and nothing else. He says, make a if you want to go deeper, make a decision to focus. Make a decision to get into a true relationship with me where you're focused simply on me and nothing else. He says, when your worship is a lifestyle of walking in oneness with me, the father said, and honoring me with your life. Day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour. Then your worship in song will be even more powerful because now you're living a lifestyle of worship in spirit and truth. 
Worship is not, is not what you do on Sunday mornings before the message comes forth. That could be a performance. You can have an, you can have an emotional moment. He wants you, when you are having in worship, you honor God and you're walking in oneness with God moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. There's no day off. There's no day off. There's no days off. There's no, there's no, um, there's no days off. We don't wild out Monday through Saturday night and then put our church back on on Sunday. That's not worship. Worship is a lifestyle. God said in John 4, 24, he says, God is a spirit, a spiritual being. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's not singing a song. Do y'all see the difference? And when, if you really want to know, and I'm not, I don't know, because I'm not even trying to figure it out for you. If you really want to know where your, where, where your life is, if worship is your lifestyle, if, if you really want to know, how often do you take God with you everywhere you go and you represent him everywhere you go and you let him be a part of every conversation, every meeting, every, every encounter you have with people. When you go to the grocery store, when you go into your community, when you're going to work, when you're operating with your husband, your wife, your children, is God in the center of that conversation? Do you invite him into that relationship? Do you invite him into that conversation? Or do you put him on a shelf, cut, cut the food, and then pick, take him back up, put him in your pocket, and walk out the door? I, I can't answer that question, nor am I trying to answer that question for you. Only you can answer that question for you. But if he told me to share it, then I'm going to share it. Praise be unto God, whatever that means for you. And this is across the body of Christ. This is for whosoever watches this, whosoever. So the first person I looked at when I got this word was me. Lord, am I, am I walking in oneness with you? Am I taking you with everywhere I go? Am I inviting you into every situation, every circumstance? Every business meeting. Because when you go to the business meeting, what you, you don't realize you're not there to represent you. You are there to represent the kingdom. When you go talk to your spouse, you're not there to represent you. You're there to represent the kingdom. When you come into service, you're not here to represent you. You're supposed to be here to represent the kingdom, to learn how to operate. <clears throat> Excuse me more in the kingdom it's not about you it's not about me it's only about him it's not about you it's not about you it's not about you and that's what he, we're going to talk about that today it's not about you and so many people are so deceived they think they're doing good and god says you're doing more harm than good so we're going to break it down like a shotgun if i had a title for this message today it's called we're waging war we're waging war, <clears throat> but it's not going to be what you think. We're going to wage war like Jesus waged war. How many people know Jesus didn't clown people? Anybody? Anybody? Can you read anywhere Jesus clowned people? He didn't do that. He only represented the kingdom all the time. He represented the father. He says, if you have seen me, you have seen the father also. When people see you, they see Jesus in you. 
When people see you, they should see Christ, the hope of glory in you. When people see you and encounter you, they should come in, in contact with the kingdom of God. You said, how can a person come in contact with the kingdom of God? Because of the course of Luke 17, he says the kingdom of God is within you if you're born again. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, the kingdom of God is in you now. Whether you're represented or not, does not change the fact that it's in you now. That's why he says this, the name of this, these meetings are called kingdom encounter. So every time you come in, into, into the, in contact with one of them, you should have an encounter with the kingdom. Jesus, that's why he says the kingdom of God is at hand. Why? Because the kingdom of God was in him, and everywhere he went, the kingdom of God went with him. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God is supposed to go with you. You're not representing yourself. When you said, Jesus, you are Lord, what you said is, I have died to me, and now I live for you. I died to me, now I live for you. I know, don't look at me with them sanctified faces. Turn over to Second Corinthians chapter five. Don't take my word for it. Never take the word of a preacher if you can't show it to you in the word. Even if you can show it to you in the word, make sure you they're doing it in proper context. So I'm going to make the declaration and then we're going to jump into it because he said we need to get on it. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise and thank you that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open up the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity, your word. Father, we thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom. Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power, Holy Spirit. Move up and down each and every hour. Touch each and every person right now. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are open and ready to receive the word of God that will ultimately change their lives forever. Father, I covenant with you for miracles, signs, and wonders in advance. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let us all say amen. Now, I'm 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 You are no longer living for yourself. You're living for the one who gave his life for you. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible and it reads as follows. I'm starting verse 14. It says that the love of Christ controls us. Pause and think about that. It says the love of Christ controls us having concluded this that one died for all therefore all died and he died for all who's the he we're talking about jesus jesus died for all whether people believe it or not whether they agree with it or not whether they accept it or not does not change the fact that he did not die for all 
Is that in your Bibles? That Jesus died for all of us. All right. Therefore, all died, and he died for all. Okay, verse 15. Put your eyes on it. Verse 15. What does it say? He died for all. Jesus died for all. So that they who live might no longer live for themselves. Does that is that in your Bible? It says that Jesus died for all that when so that you no longer live for yourself. It's not about you. Turn to your neighbor, say it's not about you. Turn to your other neighbor, say it's not about you. Point to yourself, say, hey, Joker, it's not about you either. It's not about you. It's not about you. He came and died for all, so that they who live will may not may not live no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died and rose again on their behalf. So when you receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, even before you even had it was a twinkle in your mom and daddy's eye, when Jesus came, when God sent Jesus to die on the sacrifice his life on the cross for you and my sins, that we might be restored back into right relationship, back in right position, back and to restore the kingdom of God, back into the kingdom of God, when we receive what he did for us on the cross. Our responsibility was, Lord, because, because of what you did for me, you died for me, I'm going to die for you. You live for me, I'm going to live for you. Do y'all see how, how simple this is? He died that we might live. So we are to die to our own way of living and live for the one who died for us. Do y'all see that? Oh, that's good. Say that again. He came and, and lived and then he died. He rose again so that you and I can live with him. So now that when he died and rose again for us, now we are going to die to our old way of doing things and rise again and live unto the one who died for us. Well, when you're living for God, you're not doing God a favor. What you're saying is because of what you did for me, I'm going to honor you with my life. Because of what you did for me, I'm going to live for you just like you came and lived for me. Jesus still sits at the right hand of the Father today. Ever make an intercession for you and I. Every day. The Holy Spirit, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. So you got the Holy Spirit praying, helping you to pray God's most perfect will. You got Jesus interceding on your behalf before the Father. Every day. And he only asks you to do one thing. Don't live unto yourself anymore. Live, live for me. Therefore, he says in verse number 16, therefore, from down on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him this way no longer. Therefore, I said all that I said to say this as a result of him dying for us and his love, uh, we, you know, his love controlling us and we are, you know, he died for us. And now we make a decision. We're going to 
we're not no longer going to live unto ourselves, but we're going to live for the one who died and rose again on our behalf. And even though we used to judge people according to the flesh, we are no longer going to judge people according to the flesh. Therefore, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You can't take the one and not do the other. You can't say, I'm, going, I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm brand new. And then still continue to live the same way you used to before. That's called insanity. You are deceived. If you, if you believe that you can have Christ and still live the same way you lived before. That's deception. And God doesn't want anybody to be deceived. I said he doesn't want anyone to be deceived. I know. Calm your little selves down. People say, how do you truly know if a person has passed from, from death into life? How do you, how you really, 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 really know if somebody has passed from their old way into the new? Well, they go to church. Doesn't mean anything. I know people who aren't saved go to church every Sunday. How do you know? Well, first John three, verse 14 says this. Well, 13 says this. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life. How you want to know? How do you think you know? Because we love the brethren. If, I, if you really want to know if you're a disciple of Jesus, Jesus says this, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you are my followers. Your love one for another is not how much that you do, because you can all you want to and have no effect at all. You want to know why? Because if it's not motivated by love, If your prayers aren't motivated by love, if your service is not motivated by, motivated by love, if your give is not motivated by love, if your preach is not motivated by love, it is of no effect. How do we know that we pass from death unto life? Because we love the brethren. Who's the brethren? Everybody. Word of God says this, love up, love. I, this commandment I give you, love others just like I love you. So we got a lot of work to do. You know what God told us years ago? He says that we will be known. He prophesied to us and, and we, got, we received the prophecy that our church will be known as the love church. Love does not, not the world's definition of love. Because the love, oh, that's good, Holy Spirit. He says, because the world's definition of love is selfish and self centered. It's always looking to, what do I get out of the deal? The agape love of God is simple. I love you, expecting nothing in return. I'm going to be good to you just simply, God says, I'm good to you just simply because I'm good. 
You didn't have to do anything to get God's love. You can't do anything to not make God stop love you. You can't make him stop love you. He will love you. You can be the biggest hellion running around cussing, talking about I'm this, I'm that, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? God still gonna love the fool right off of you. And even if you make your bed in hell, it says that God will still love you. So if we are supposed to be representing living our life for the one who gave his life for us, which was motivated by love, how is it that you can't love others just like Christ loved you? Well, I don't have that kind of love in me. Yes, you do. And the re you got a deposit of it from the fruit of the spirit from the day that you were received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of your spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the first one being love is in you now. Love is in you. Patience, faith, self-control, long suffering. All that is on the inside of you right now. You may not yield to it, but it's in there. You may not have developed it, but it's in there. And quiet as a God says, I need the church to begin to act like my body and stop acting like the world. The world says, I can't tell any difference between. I mean, I talked to somebody yesterday. They can't tell the difference between the church and the world because they're acting just alike. The only difference is, is one says, be the thou. There's no difference. And he says, it ought not be the case. Are you interested? We're still waging war. Now, I love y'all enough to tell y'all the truth. I, I'm God's mouthpiece. I'm going to say whatever he tells me to say it, however he tells me to say it, or to whomever he tells me to say it with the same thing. It does not matter. He tells me sometimes to say it really, really, really sweet and cute. And then he says sometimes you just need to come out and sometimes telling you you just got to bop, hit him in the eye. Because all that soft, nice, ooh, 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 they ain't listening. Sometimes you just got to bop them. Remember when, you, that's good, Holy Spirit. He says, you remember when, G, when um, Lazarus died and Jesus said to his disciples, he was asleep. And they're like, well, he asleep. What's the big deal? I mean, why we got to hurry up to get there? And then he finally had just said, look, he did. Because he's trying to tell them, but they were so carnal that they, ooh, whew, they, ooh, they were so carnal that they could not hear when the spirit was trying to tell them something. Waging war. I'm ready. I'm ready. Y'all ready? All right. I know y'all are. Come. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Jerry's my amen corner. Jewel is my amen corner. She just does her silently. Glory to God. We're working on it, though. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're waging war. But you cannot wage war. You're not waging war against people. You're fighting the wrong enemy. You are wasting your time. I'm going to put it out there. You are wasting your time. I go and uh, minister you and I have a have a conversation, our, 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 our some intense fellowship, which we 
we generally don't have intensive, but if we do, it's very short, it's very short lived. Cause we won't, what you, who you think you're talking about? The devil, father, I make a decision. We're going to walk in love. 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 We choose to forgive. And then we push back the flesh. Look, it's me and you. So we going we going we going to work this out. I don't want to talk to you right now. Well, I'm going to talk to you. Well, this is what I say. Are you going to talk to me eventually? She's like, yeah. I said, well, let's get back, take the middleman out. Let's just talk right now. We're going to talk eventually anyway. Don't, don't sit around there stewing, mad. I ain't going. I ain't going with you. You go by yourself. I ain't going. That's crazy. The devil, you ain't talking to one another, but the devil talking to both of you. Because he, he's got a he's got assignment to destroy your marriage. Because he destroys your marriage, he has destroyed your ministry. You go to church every Sunday, but God couldn't save your marriage. What's up? Hello. Have we ever had had a, have, have had to have an outside source talk to us? Absolutely. I don't care about that. Yeah, why? Because we don't even say the D word ever. Have we counseled many a couples? Yes. Together, yes. Do we do it individually? No, not a couple. She might do it with the female. I'll do it with the male, but eventually we all got to come to the table. This is we're waging war. So if we are new creation is in Christ Jesus, we've made the decision when we get, when we made Jesus the Lord of our life. Lord, I'm no longer I'm no longer going to live my life unto myself, but I'm going to live my life for the one who died for me. I'm going to live my life for the one who died for me. I'm going to live my life for the one who died for me. Practice that with me. I'm going to live my life for the one who died for me. See, when you wake up every morning and say, I'm going to live my life for the one who died for me. Father, in accordance to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I present my body to you a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which I know is my reasonable service. I make the decision. I'm going to live for the one who died for me. I'm going to live for the one who, guess what that stops you from doing? It stops all that foolish argument and discussions and bitterness and talking about this person and talking about that person. It's a waste of time because you don't understand that your words have power. Remember, the kingdom of God is in you. So whatever you say to your situation, circumstance, and out of your mouth, and you believe it in your heart, you will have what you say, good or bad. The principle works every time. That's why the adversary always puts pressure on you so he can get you to say something that does not line up with God's word so he can go to work on bringing that thing to pass in your life. You have a shotgun underneath your nose. And unfortunately, most people have turned that shotgun on themselves and blown all kind of holes in their life because of the words that are coming out of their mouth. 
You're no longer living unto yourself. You're living for the one who gave his life for you. And you're supposed to be controlled by love. Agape love. Not selfish love. Agape love. Agape love. Agape love. Agape love. Unconditional love. Well, love, when people say love is love, love is not love. That's a big lie. That is not true. When they say love is love, what they're talking about is you are, because you're supposed to love me, Christian, you're supposed to never say anything about what it is that I'm doing. That's not true. If I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Even if you get, I got a family member right now. They've been texting that. I said something to them and I knew I rubbed them. I wasn't trying to rub them. The word just rubbed them. Why? Because I love them. Because I love them. It was my, not my goal. was not to rub them. They got rubbed because the word rubbed them. Not because of what it is, how I said it or what. It was because the word rubbed them. Because that's not what they wanted to hear. I didn't say it because that's what I wanted to say. This is what the father said to say, so that's what I said. I have another family member. They've been off, they've made some mistakes or whatever the case may be, but they still keep coming back every single time, every time they make the mistake. Why? Because they know we love them. Now they know I don't say anything to them because they say it, you know what? I should okay, look, how long you want to do that? Can I tell y'all a secret? And, and this is what I was going to share with you, uh, uh, Chewing, but you was knocked out before I can get it out to you. The number one, the greatest law, everybody's interested in operating according to the kingdom of God. The greatest law in the kingdom of God is love. You can be trying to bind, loose, cast down, all that other good stuff you talk about doing. But if love is not the motivation behind what it is that you're doing, you are not going to get a result. And you're going to be frustrated. I don't know why this ain't working. Because your motive and your intentions are not pure. If you're hateful, it's not going to work. If you have unforgiveness and ought in your heart against somebody, your faith is not going to work. I didn't say that. Galatians chapter five says that faith works by love. Oh well, we might as well turn. Flip over to flip over to Mark chapter eleven. Don't take my word for it. I love my wife. I love my wife. Am I a better husband today than I used to be? Yes. Have I arrived? No. You know what my wife did, Jerry, this, this week? Well, she, she got tired of talking to me about a situation. You know what she did? She did what I would do. She went and talked to the father about it. The father came back and talked to me about it. And it was so smooth how he did. It wasn't nothing bad. So y'all like, oh, boy, what was you doing? Because I was so busy. She just told the father he needs to rest. Last week, 
he only let me have two meetings, two meetings the whole week. Couldn't go to the gym, couldn't do nothing. All I could do was rest. Did I say, woman, I'm the man of God. I know how to, I can go through all that foolishness. That's crazy. Father comes back and says, uh, and I didn't even catch on to it about Wednesday at Thursday. Like, whoa, whoa, hold up. And I just turned to her. I said, I know what you did. She like, what you talking about? I know what you did. You went to the father. I said, your son needs to rest. She said, you wouldn't listen to me. You said you had it. And then we had a conversation about it. And what it was, Sam, was we had a definition of resting and how quick it should happen. But we was talking the same language, but we had two different perspectives about it. But guess what we did? We talked about it. We didn't argue about it. We didn't fuss about it. We didn't go to man. We didn't go, it's shit. I'm the, uh, uh, uh. No, that's pride. If you are not walking in love, your faith is not going to work. If you are not operating in the God kind of love, you can talk about binding and loosening and casting down and all that till you got so much spit flying out your mouth and everything. You look like a like a like a soap bath. Guess what's happening? Nothing. Nothing. You said prove it. I will. Mark chapter 11. I'm going to prove it to you in two spots. This is the first one. Well, the message, oh, yeah, uh, yes, sir. He said, this is the message. Okay, yes, sir. Ignite Depot will be known as a house of prayer that prays for the nations. Our house is a house of prayer that prays for the nations. That's what we do. Mark 11, chapter 15 says this. I'm reading out a New American Standard. It says this. Then they came to Jerusalem, talk about Jesus and his disciples, and he entered into the temple and began to drive off those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who were selling doves. And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. And he began to teach them, saying, so most people, they read this, see Jesus lost his temper. Jesus turned over the money changers, and he did this, and he did it. That's why we should go and turn over the government. That's why we should go and do this. And that's why you go to read the rest of the story. If you go back and read up, Jesus was in the same temple the day before all day he's seen the exact same thing the day before what did he do when he seen it the day before absolutely nothing he didn't say anything he didn't do anything it says he turned the tables over the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves 
who would not and would not permit them to carry merchandise through the temple. Why? Because they were taking advantage of the people. They was they was they was manipulating the people. They was price gouging the people. And they had turned the purpose of the house from a house of prayer into a marketplace. Is there anything wrong with churches having bookstores and stuff like that? Nope. But if the purpose of having a bookstore and all that is so you can put more money into your pocket, there's an issue with that. But even we get, we're at, at our location, we have a bookstore in there. And guess what? All proceeds to the bookstore will be to sow seeds into somebody's, some organization so that they'll be able to reach, to preach the gospel. Jesus said this, <clears throat> after he turned over money changers, tables, he didn't just kick the tables over, smack them down, beat them and everything, and then walk out and say, he didn't go through all that. He decided, don't you know who I am, partner? I'm the son of the most high. He didn't go through all that. He didn't flex his chest on him. What did he do after he turned all that stuff over? Read the next part. And, what's that word and? It's a conjunction word, which connects the, the first part with the second part. He turned the tables and stuff over, and then what he did, he do? He began to teach. He began to teach and say to them, is it not written? My house should be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. So what did he do the rest of the day? He taught them. He taught them. He taught them. Then the chief priests and scribes heard this and began seeking how they can destroy him, for they were afraid of him. For the whole crowd, the whole crowd, the whole crowd. So even after he turned the money tables over and all that, and then he began to teach, it was not a couple people, it was a crowd of people were astonished at his teaching. So he tore, he turned it up, turned up, tore, turned over the tables and everything, and taught them. The, let me put you, let me put it back in right perspective for you. Let me put it back in right perspective. This is what you've been doing and everything. So, okay, Lord. So, what do I do in this situation? I've I've seen it. I've gone into the place. Uh, you know, God. Jesus prayed every day. He went, got before God, find out what he was supposed to do. Then he went back. And when he went back, he did, he only did what the father told him to do. He only said what the father told him to say. He didn't say he cussed them out. He didn't tell them they, they were stupid, dumb, anything like that. He just says, you have been using my father's house for the wrong purpose. Now, let me teach you the, re the way it's supposed to be done. That's what apostles do. And if you're in an apostolic house, you are part of that uh, apostleship. And you have a responsibility that when you go into a situation as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, maturing the saints to do the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ, what will you do? We teach you how to go into situations where situations aren't like what the word of God says they are. And then you go in and you listen to the Holy Spirit motivated by love. And then you begin to write the ship.
Anybody interested? Then after he told them all that, Jesus walks back out after teaching them all day. When evening came, they would go out of the city. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots being and being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, our teacher, look, the fig tree, which you curse, has withered. And Jesus answered him, saying to him, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. For truly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be that be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will, will happen. He, will, he is going to have what he says. So if you say to whatever situation, circumstance it is, if you say, be thou taken away, or whatever it is that you say, and you don't doubt in your heart what it is that you say, but you believe what you say is going to happen. You will be what you say will be granted to you. Can I tell you a secret? Good or bad. That principle works. It's a kingdom principle. It works good or bad. It can work for you. It can work against you. I'm dying. My feet are killing me. My feet are killing me. My feet are killing me. My as, a, as, a, as an illustration, my feet aren't killing me. My feet feel great. I'm fine as wine and twice as nice. My feet aren't killing me. But so let me tell you something. You, years ago, there was a guy, Red Fox, used to joke, he used to say all the time on, on Sanford and Son, years ago, I, 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 I'm having a big one. I'm having a big one. I'm coming to join you, honey. He always talked about he was having a heart attack over and over and over and over again and one day he was on the set and he and he said that exact same thing and people started laughing because that's what he said all the time as part of his character and he dropped dead of what a heart attack You can be praying for your husband, honey. Lord, he's a godly man. A man of He leads our family. My wife is a virtuous woman. A Proverbs 31. And then they do something that you don't like. I knew what you ain't. You ain't ever going to change. You've been that way for 20 years. You never going to change. Your daddy was like that. His daddy was like that. Your whole family's crazy like that. You've been smoking. You've been drinking. You ain't never going to change. Save it. Don't work. Waging war. If you was in the spirit right now, you will see two ministering angels here, two ministering angels there, and that big guy who's standing behind me. He says, truly, he says, if you say it out of your mouth, you believe it in your heart, you will have what you say. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray it, ask. Believe that you have received them. And it will be granted unto you. And most people say, like, praise the Lord. That was the word of the Lord that I needed to hear for today. But I, I got to put a, I need to put a, a, a part of the interruption. But verse 25. 
says this, wherefore, or whenever you stand praying, forgive. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven will be also be able to forgive you your trespasses. So everybody likes that part. If I say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. I believe I receive it. It is so it is done. But you have all against any. You have bitterness or unforgiveness against any. He says, when you pray, forgive. Lord, I can't forgive them. You don't know what they did to me. Okay, well, remember that whole part you just said about, you know, I want to say to this mountain, mountain beat every move. Guess what? You got the brakes on. Everything in the kingdom is motivated by love. Everything in the kingdom is motivated by love. Everything in the kingdom is motivated by love. Y'all all in the body of Christ, right? Realize the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. Everything in the kingdom is motivated by love. How do you know? Remember when John, I think it was John, uh, and it was uh, somebody would not, uh, a lot of people weren't coming to Jesus' meeting. They said, shouldn't we call fire down from heaven like Elijah did? No, man. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not what you're supposed to do. He says, you don't know what spirit you're speaking from. That's not love. We are going to teach people how to operate according to the kingdom of God. But the first and most important law, the greatest law in the kingdom of God is the law of love. If you're not operating in love, and you you might as well be speaking to that brick wall. Hey, brick wall, how you doing? Look, good to see you. You said, I don't believe that. Oh, whether you believe it or not doesn't make the Bible. Oh, oh you don't believe it. Oh, that person don't believe it, Lord. It ain't true. No, Joker. That just means you don't believe it. Do you know that whether you receive or believe the word of God is an act of your will, your mind, will, and emotion. You choose whether or not you're going to believe it or not. Some people can walk around, I don't care what he said. I don't believe that. When I bind and loose, when I cast down, when I say this and that, it works every time. Okay, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? God's not here to judge you. God's trying to, oh, that's good Holy Spirit. He says he's having me to do to, with you the same thing he did with the merchant, merchandisers in, in the temple. He, oh, we're overturning the, the apple cart and then we're spending the rest of the time teaching. I don't want you to walk out here or, or click off here or cut the podcast off or whatever the case may be and then go praying and everything and you ain't, you're ain't you not getting any results and you're wondering why. He's telling you why. You said my prayers work 
regardless if I'm walking in love or not. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's, let's, let's give you the, the love test. Let's see. Let's see if what you say is true or not. First Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read out of the Amplified because I know y'all like clarity. So I'm going to read out of the Amplified. <clears throat> so you know everybody's going to have to take the love test, right? You're taking the love test every day regardless of whether you know it or not. Faith works by love. But I got grace. Good. Grace only works by faith. Ephesians 2 says, by grace through faith. By grace through faith. It's not one or the other. You, it's not grace and no faith. It's not faith and no grace. It's grace that works by Faith that's energized by love. You, you could have all the grace. <clears throat> excuse me. You could have all the grace you want in the world. <clears throat> but if your faith ain't working because you're not walking in love, you are going to be most miserable. You, you wonder why a lot of Christians are miserable? They're not walking in love. So their faith is not working and they going through all the they're going. They got a lot of bronze, but no gold because it's, it's gold plated. And when the test and trial comes up, it shows up. Oh, they ain't got no love in that area. <clears throat> I love y'all. I know y'all love me too. Cut it out. Quit it. All right. Yes, sir. Okay, hold on for just a second. Ephesians 2 and 8 says this for it, keep your finger on 1 Corinthians. For it is by grace that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. So, grace through the door of faith. Grace through the door of faith. Do y'all see the connection? Grace through the door of faith brings about deliverance, wholeness, completeness, sanctification. It's not of yourself. It is a gift of God, lest any man boast. Grace by faith. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Then you say, well, what about that, that faith? My faith will work even if I'm not walking in love. Okay. According to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, for sake of time, it says, For we are in Christ Jesus. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. It's not enough just to say I have faith. It's not enough just to say I got grace. Grace is an empowerment to do 
what you could not do in your natural, but you do it by faith. But if you're not walking in love, then your faith is going to be short-circuited. I'm going to show it to you right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. I think we're going to go through 1 through 8. I'm going to read it to you. And you, uh, and you just tell me, you tell me where this is, 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 is working. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Faith works by love. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says this. I'm reading out of Amplified. If any, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So even if you say you got all the faith and you praying in tongues, and you're not walking into God kind of love, you are just a, making a whole bunch of noise. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpret, interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and purposes, all possess all knowledge. And if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love god's love in me i am nothing a useless nobody did i say that people argue this point that, that, that was talking about the corinthian church they got the same jesus you got they got the same holy spirit you got they got the they're they're reading we're reading the same word that they was reading Verse three, even if I dole out all that I have to the poor and providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burnt or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. So you can do all kind of good works and not have the love of doing it based off of the love of God that's on the inside of you. It does not matter. It does not matter. How? Because love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious, never boils over with jealousy, is not boastful, boastful or vainglorious. Love does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited or arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude. Unmannerly, it does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own ways, for it is not self seeking. The love of God is not self seeking, it is not touchy, it's not fretful. It's not resentful. It takes no account to the evil done to it, and it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. This is the love of God that's on the inside of all of us. So if we're not walking, you say, well, I don't have that love in me. How, how about building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, 
keeping yourself in, in love and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. It's like a muscle. You got to develop it. It's like a muscle. You got to flex it. It's like a muscle. It's like a muscle. It's like a muscle. What are you waging war on? You're waging war on that old way of doing things. We're waging war on that old way of doing things. And this is how we're going to represent I'll do it. Yep. 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 What does it look like in the natural? I'm going to show it to you in one scripture, and this is where we're going to close. Romans 12. Romans chapter 12, for sake of time, verse number. Well, yep. Verse number 16. What does it love look like in action? The God kind of love. What does it look like? Verse 16 says this. I'm reading out the Amplified. Live in harmony with, with one another and do not be haughty, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive but readily adjust yourself to people, things, and give yourselves to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceit. Repay no evil for evil, but take thought for what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Believe the way open for God's wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. God does not repay the same way we believe he repays. Like a human repays. Vengeance is mine. Lord, let me. God does not get revenge. That word vengeance is a, is a justice term. He brings justice or he, he repays for a suffered wrong. But God does not seek revenge on individuals and people, and neither should we. I will repay, requite, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For by doing so, your, your heat burning coals upon his head. That's not to hurt. Back in, in biblical time, they used to have a turnip on top of their head and they used to keep heat on it that way. What is it to do? You're, you're going to serve them. Even when they've done you wrong, you're going to serve them. You're going to demonstrate it through actions, through your love. Here's, here's the one. That you, this is, this is the, the, the home run ball right here. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome master evil with good. It never said God did anything. Out of all the scriptures that we read, 
It never said God was going to do the work for you. He says it's already on the inside of you. You got to make a decision. Am I going to walk it out? Am I going to walk it out? You could you could could do all kind of works of the flesh and never impact the kingdom of darkness at all because you're not doing it from the position of love. Because you're not doing it from the position of love. It does not matter. If you want to turn your city, your community, your house, your province, your nation around, You can read all the books you want on spiritual warfare and not uh, deal with the situation called love. Because if you go and read in Matthew 18, when it's talking about before he gets to that part about I giving you the keys to the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth, bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. He's talking about restoration of relationships first. If you have ought against any, forgive. Go back and read it. You can't minister to people that you hate. You can't come to a loving God with hate and, and bitterness in your heart. Well, you can and, and ask, you can, but he's going to want to deal with the hate and bitterness in your heart. You might want to try to get back a, whoever did you wrong. He wants to deal with the hate and bitterness in your heart. All of us have had somebody do you wrong. All of us. We have. You have. It is not a matter of if stuff going to happen. Stuff has happened in church, out of church, in families. What is our responsibility? I'm going to love you anyway. I ain't got to like anything you said. I don't like anything you did. But you can't make me stop loving you. I may not have you over for Christmas dinner, but you can't make me stop loving you. I've had people come to the church. I've had people leave the church for all kinds of reasons, most of which we don't even know because they don't ever tell us. They just dip. You know what we do? We still pray for you. I am, I'm not moved by that. We've had people who, 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 who went out of the way to talk against us. Guess what we did? We, we, we don't keep a, a account of a suffer wrong. We just pray for them. We keep it moving. And look for ways to bless them. In fact, we find ways to bless them. We find ways to sow into their life. We are going to sow into your life. So we're waging war in the kingdom by first establishing the greatest law of love. It's the greatest law in the kingdom of God. Why? Because God is love. God doesn't just have love. God is love. And if you are in Christ, that love nature is on the inside of you. You may not have developed it. You might've had 20 years of being a hateful old screwed buzzard, but guess what? That love is still on the inside of you. And you got the Holy Spirit working with you to try to turn, turn that nature around.
I don't know about you, but it was a shouting good message for me today. Glory to God. I, I had all day yesterday, just the father and I, I didn't plan to teach this message today. I plan to teach something else he gave me about four weeks ago, but doing one in the midst of it, I need you to go this direction. I'm like, okay. God loves us. But all day, I, I didn't even show you everything he showed me yesterday, but we will, we'll get to it. The, if you want to walk in the true fullness of, of all of God, it's not through all your, all your, uh, all what you think, oh, I, I need to have more power. You know why God trusted Jesus with more power, all power, no limits? Because Jesus had an endless supply of love operating through him. You want to know why he's not giving you all the power that you want? Because if he gave you all the power you want with the heart that you got, you kill somebody. You heal this person on the, and somebody cut you off. That joker's don't got lightning, struck the car, blew him up, killed the family, shot the dog the whole nine yards. He can't trust you with it yet. So God demonstrated his love towards us in the fact that he sent his son Jesus to die just for us. He says this in Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, that if you, he says, the word of God is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you've never had an opportunity to experience that love, if this is the first time you heard a message like this, talking about the love of God, how much God loves you, cares for you, and everything God does is motivated by love. So everything we will do will be motivated by love. If that's you today, I'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's the simplest thing that you could do. But guess what? Making him the Lord of your life is the beginning. Learning how to allow him to be Lord of your life and operating according to the kingdom, that's where the work comes into play. So if you will bow your heads with me, close your eyes, nobody moving, nobody talking except you've been a so assigned. Repeat this prayer after me, just like it says in Mark chapter 11. It says, if you truly say from your, say it out of your mouth, believe it in your heart, you will have whatsoever you say. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving me, giving your life for me. Now I'll live my life for you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you into the kingdom, welcome you into the body of Christ, welcome you back into right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And just like we said, man, receiving Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, is the beginning. What do you do next? You got to get in a good word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe Ignite is that church. If you're in the local area, love for you to come join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time, but if you're too far away or your church isn't having a service, man, join us online every Sunday morning or catch us on the podcast at Ignite to Life uh, podcast 
and you will see a weekly update every single time. On behalf of Minister Juin and, and the entire Ignite Nation family, we want to thank you for joining us today. God bless you. And remember, love activates your faith and faith working with grace gives you the promises of God. Have a blessed week. God bless you. Bye-bye.